Welcome back to Fintech Insider Focus in association with Visa. We are taking a burning question from financial services across the globe and really putting it under the microscope with explainers, expert panels, and in-depth interviews, all to bring the global community into focus. Today, I am joined again by my Fintech Insider Focus co-host, Alex McCrea, who is the head of SEMA Fintech Partnerships over at Visa. Welcome back to the show, Alex. How are you doing? Thanks, David. I'm doing great. Thank you. Great to be here again. Okay, so this is the second part of our focus on the question, what is stopping super apps from succeeding outside of Asia? If you hadn't heard part one of this conversation, go and find it wherever you found this podcast and listen to our panel discuss with guests from PaySky and Kareem Pay. We spoke about the pros and cons of super apps, the potential challenges across Central Europe, Africa, Middle East, and various other places, and what consumers actually want from these services. Alex, I mean, how much of this is a really important thing that you and the guys of at Visa are, are looking at? Well, first of all, at Visa, our mission is to connect the world through the most innovative, reliable, and secure payment network. And a, a critical way to achieve this is actually by partnering with new ecosystem players, including fintechs and MNOs, neobanks, uh, super apps, alternative lenders, and money movers. And over the past few years, I think we've all seen how the pandemic served as a catalyst for digital payments. Although fintechs have been consistently breaking down barriers to access and inclusion for decades, lockdown really helped millions more consumers and businesses find more digital platforms that could help them shop, sell, and send money securely and conveniently. And super apps are at the center of this trend, with one of three individuals in the world now being a super app user, demonstrating their sheer scale, reach, and popularity. And I think it's that sort of combination of strong customer engagement, the ability to control the rollout of new technology-based services, uh, which is a great fit with Visa's own aim of expanding access and driving financial inclusion. So we're very much focused on uh, super apps today and helping them scale, reach new audiences, and create exciting use cases and payment experiences. Okay, great. In this second part, we're sitting down with a huge figure in the super app space to dive into the weeds of this topic and offer a different perspective. 11FS's own David Barton Grimley was lucky enough to grab some time with Satoyo Lopokowit, CEO of M-Pesa. You'll hear that after a short message from Visa. Visa's FinTech Fast Track program is streamlining the onboarding process for FinTechs, enabling them to gain access to Visa's powerful capabilities and network. Visa and their enablement partners help FinTechs launch and scale cards, virtual credentials, and disbursement programs. To learn more, visit partner.visa.com. Thanks, David. For our listeners who might not be familiar with me, I'm David Barton-Grimley, Global Strategy Director, Embedded Financial Services here at 11FS, and a certified fintech nerd, which is why I'm delighted to talk to so many people from across the industry. As mentioned, it's great to be joined on Fintech Insider Focus by Satoyo Lopokoyet, CEO of Empeza. Satoyo, how are you today? Very well, David, and it's great to, to be here uh, to have a chat about fintech. I'm also a fintech enthusiast uh, and really excited about uh, the future of fintech and uh, digital ecosystems. Yeah, it's exciting to have you here. I've been following Impeza for many years, as I'm sure quite a lot of our audience have. Um, and actually, on that on that note, for an international audience, for everyone out there in the world, can you maybe just start by telling us um, who Impeza are, uh, what they do, um, and maybe a little bit about where SuperApp sits in your wheelhouse? 
Thanks, David. Uh, let me just start by saying uh, we're uh, going to a 16-year-old company. Uh, so MPESA started in March 2007 as a mobile money payment system, and it started as a send money home proposition. This was mainly, we when we started, it was about so the rural urban migration. And so people in the urban areas were sending money home, and that's how we started uh, as MPESA. For us, it's always been about purpose. So part of what we started was how do we transform uh, the lives of Kenyans, how do you drive financial inclusion, and uh, we started that with that send money home proposition. Over the years, we've moved from a send money home proposition to a payment uh, solution uh, provider to a now a lifestyle and digital ecosystem provider. So when we started, Matibo says we were a fintech before the word fintech was coined uh, at that particular time, and uh, we started in March uh, 2007. Uh, the iOS started in September 2007, if I'm correct. I wish I had the same market cap as iOS. But thus, uh, from that simple send money proposition, we have become a very big digital ecosystem. Today, we've moved more than $300 billion in value on a yearly basis. We have over 57 million customers. We have over 5 million businesses. And we operate across seven countries uh, as Mpesa. As so Mpesa is now the largest fintech and digital ecosystem in the African continent. And uh, when we started, uh, there were no apps. So we started with the simplest SIM toolkit. This is under this, uh, you're using the, the SIM card to actually send uh, money uh, using that, that means for channel. We evolved to using the USSD uh, channel when it started. But as technology has evolved over the years uh, from basically hardware-based technology to now uh, uh, cloud architecture and, um, you know, uh, significant advancements in AI and so on, we've had to adopt. And the advent of um, 3G, 4G, 5G has enabled and, and, the, and the acceleration of uh, smartphones has made uh, us provide have the ability to provide better customer experiences to our customers. So we started with the M-Pesa app, which is a, 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 a channel in which uh, customers with um, uh, smartphones can actually now use the service in a more uh, uh, better experience. And then uh, for us, we always look outside uh, our ecosystem on what's there. And uh, we went to China and uh, we have a good friend from Alipay uh, that we saw and uh, we saw what was happening with regard to how Alipay has become a super app and we managed to, to, to engage with them and we bolted part of the Alipay technology onto the M-Pesa app and this now has enabled M-Pesa become a super app. So basically, it's, we are a, we're an app store within uh, M-Pesa app. So third parties can publish within M-Pesa app as well as we have web redirect. So we, we are now about a year into this journey of becoming a digital ecosystem and a super app for both consumers as well as business. So we are, we are one of the only companies that are doing a super app for businesses as well as one for consumers, David. Wow, what an amazing journey you've been on and the impact that Mpesa has on people's lives throughout Africa is absolutely phenomenal. So let's start off at the beginning. How, how do you see the market uh, in the region for super apps, where's the main driver for launching a, a super app across Africa? Where, where does that where does that come from, and how do you see it growing? Uh, uh, David, I think for us, it's, it's been a natural evolution. Uh, we are able to for our customers are able to send money 
um, make utility payments, the international remittance, borrow, save, um, do B2B transactions, so do e-commerce transactions. So we've been able to provide all these services from, you know, under the SIM toolkit or the USSD, and now the app, the super app, just provides this uh, from, a, from a great customer experience. The, the, the key thing that we're seeing with the super app, it's, it's creating new economies and recreating existing economies. So for especially in the African continent, we are seeing uh, with the more than 60% of the population being below 21. They are now what we call digital natives. Uh, myself, uh, 15 years, for somebody who's 30, 15, 15 years ago when M-Pesa is 15. So he's used M-Pesa as a, as a digital M-Pesa native, uh, unlike us who saw this uh, coming. So we are beginning to see a new generation that's using M-Pesa in a different way. And putting super apps enables them to live their lifestyle. So we're creating a lifestyle kind of uh, concept for for this generation. The, so M-Pesa just becomes an embedded part of it. You want to, Netflix is coming, how do you pay Netflix in Africa? You want to buy an Amazon, how do you do that? You want to do Spotify, how does Spotify get access to the African content? There are no cards uh, and, and the card penetration is not the same. So it's, it's mobile money that's coming out there such as ourselves are providing big tech companies with the ability to actually capture this African market and pay. But one of the key things or the barriers to it is on smartphone penetration. It's in African content, it's around 30 to 40%. And it's not in, uh, and the smartphones that are here mostly sold have very low memory capacity. These are $40, $50 smartphones. So you can only keep three, four, five apps. So they will have their WhatsApp or Instagram or TikTok and they just become M-Pesa. So the super app becomes actually even more important in the African continent because you, you enable a third party to publish within the M-Pesa app so that they don't have to download uh, other services. And what we've done, also we've zero-rated the data costs when you're on the M-Pesa super app. So you're able to, to access other third party apps within our ecosystem uh, without consuming your data. So that's, a, that's how we're seeing it and that's how we're seeing you know, this is this is this is going this is going to recreate and create new marketplaces in the African continent. It's interesting. It's almost like an OS on top of an OS, isn't it? Um, that that <laughs> takes over the the phone. Um, so you mentioned a whole bunch of different stuff, though, right? Um, is there across this new generation across Africa? Would you say is there an appetite, a specific appetite for a particular type of service that a super app can can provide, or is it kind of everything? We want to buy everything and do all of these great things. So, so one of the key successes of, of, of M-Pesa has not just been about uh, the team and, and the deep focus on purpose and and what we try to to to, to solve societal challenges that are within our our our, our, our area. But what we did was we created uh, an open API platform. So we enabled the, the developers in the continent to come and create and recreate new business models, leveraging on our rails. So today we have over 70,000 developers on our ecosystem. So we're enabling third parties to build products and services and new apps uh, within our, our, our super app um, uh, by them understanding their own target consumers. So it's not me building for specific consumer, but the developers looking at different opportunities that they see and then building super apps within our, our own ecosystem. So that's why I say we've become a digital ecosystem now. And what we do is ensure the platform is stable, scalable, secure, 
platform and ensure that the channels are right and then we we vet the quality of the code and and, and those things that come onto it so if you look at uh, in, in in china southeast asia uh, some of the super apps have you know three four hundred thousand mini apps within them so we are beginning to see that traction come in and uh, we do see that probably we'll be having the regional between 500 to a thousand um, uh, mini apps within our own uh, digital ecosystem wow that's huge and I mean, look, obviously Africa is a, is a massive, you know, it's a continent, very, very diverse. Uh, is, there a, is there a country in particular that you can point to or a series of countries where you see the biggest growth in, in super apps and also the, the sort of wider market where you're seeing lots of founders, you know, get investment and funding uh, to, to develop super apps in different niches? I think first, uh, I think, the area of the continent we seen is Southeast Asia. I think we're seeing uh, from our good friends Anthony Tan on Grab uh, building super apps. We see what's happening in Malaysia, Philippines, of course China with both what Alipay, Tencent uh, are, are doing. Uh, the first that area is where we've seen the real emergence of of super apps in it. But the concept is, is, is there and it's growing everywhere. Everything, even in the African continent, everybody's saying I'm a super up. Banks are saying they're super up. But I think it's, there is a notion of the tech around super up, uh, almost like how this, the notion about, uh, say, the tech around blockchain. Uh, but it is, what are the use cases? So it goes down to, do you understand your consumer? Are you providing the relevant products and services uh, that make a difference in their lives? And it, what are your anchors? So if I look at M-Pesa, for example, I have peer-to-peer as, 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 as an anchor. I have payments as an anchor. I have financial services as an anchor. We do remittance. We are an anchor. Uh, we bring over $4 billion into the continent of remittance. Uh, you know, we, we, we see uh, some of our other digital ecosystems. So I have probably 10 to 15 anchor products. So a lot of people put a super app, but there's no anchor. What are your what are your key? What's your unique selling proposition that drives consumers uh, uh, to you, and then you build around it and provide these other services? And it's the same thing. There's a lot about consumers. So we've done a lot on consumers, but the star in Mpesa today is actually the business, especially during COVID. We've accelerated digital digital services to SMEs and micro SMEs. We have over 700,000 SMEs who run on M-Pesa and over 5 million micro SMEs that run on M-Pesa. These businesses for the first time are being digitalized uh, and actually they're able to see the inflows, the outflows, do B2B transactions, send money to the bank, pay salaries. And then we are bolting in now the super up capabilities for the businesses to be able to get inventory, inventory solutions, accounting packages. And now we're digitizing these SMEs and now we, it's now empowering an, a, a small SME to actually grow. And with that information that we are now collecting, they're able to get better loans, they're able to get better facilities uh, from the ecosystem that we have. So if it's about really understanding what are those needs. And in, and in the African continent, there are many societal challenges that we face. But once you've, you've cracked what the need is, then the, the super becomes a valuable tool to adding and bolting all services so that you're able to potentially even zero rate your transaction on your call, but be able to generate value from the other services that are being provided for by the, uh, to the customer that you're targeting. 
Yeah, it's almost like a mentality, isn't it? The way you're describing it, um, that by providing all of these services, we we almost unlock, you know, potential massive um, economic growth. And 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 do you really see that as one of the things that super apps can do? Is 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 help the African continent as a whole to to grow? Yeah. So so uh, when you look at, for example, e-commerce, uh, how do we enable that to happen? Uh, there's somebody in. Uganda wanted to sell products and services in Kenya. So the intra-Africa trade, that can be enabled by super apps. But the rails of payments are what uh, we provide. But the super app becomes a channel in which B2B can, uh, services can happen and the B2B or government businesses can happen. We're seeing um, governments also embracing it. For, for example, in Kenya, uh, the government has uh, three or four mini apps embedded in our app already because they see the channels are there so there's e-government in there they've got a new hustler fund uh, mini app in there they're doing the women enterprise fund uh, as, a, as a as a mini app within them so they're beginning to see this channel as an opportunity to reach their citizens and provide digital services so there's a huge opportunity that super apps can unlock in the continent for both consumers businesses government and international partners. So, um, so for example, Microsoft bought Activision. Uh, it's a mobile gaming platform. In Africa, one in five people in the next, I think, 20, 25 years will be in the Africa continent. So this is a great opportunity for them to look and say, how do they partner with us so that from a payments perspective, from a gaming perspective, that, that we are able to enable them access this huge uh, market within the continent. So. Uh, we're very lucky in terms of we're able to leapfrog very little legacy systems uh, that are available in the continent. So the super app can be a big channel. Yeah, it's a, it sounds like a, a huge benefit both to end and customers and to businesses. And, and I guess on that same vein, centralizing services or at least ring fencing them inside an, e- an ecosystem, do you see any potential roadblocks both in terms of customers perceiving that, you know, everything is in, in one place and also maybe even governments potentially at one point turning around saying this is risky uh, to to have an ecosystem like this? I think first, uh, we are all regulated. So we are regulated under the National Payment Systems Act in all our countries. So, uh, and for every product that we launch has to be pre-vetted by the regulator of the central banks. So we do work very closely with the regulators uh, in it. Tech moves fast. Uh, Chat GBT is a good example of what's happening globally. <laughs> so, um, you know, when I started, um, when we started MCAS, and uh, probably seven, eight months, eight years ago, uh, cloud services were not there, were not as scalable as they were. Uh, so, but as technology has evolved, as super ups have come, it's also to work with the regulator very closely and also showcase them. They're interested in protecting customer and, and ensure that there's no systemic risk uh, within our ecosystem. Yes, we are good at innovation, but we need to make sure that we take the regulator and make sure the regulator is comfortable with some of the products and services that we're, we're launching. But also, uh, we need to be careful on a lot of the acronyms, you know, when you say AI, cloud, and so on and so forth. At times, they're nice words to use as, as tech enthusiasm, enthusiasts. But cloud is still a server somewhere. So we have to be careful on that this is not, it's not something amorphous. It's actually there are services being provided. Um, and you, you find sometimes uh, they're saying, oh, we can't use cloud services. It's, it's risky or so on and so forth. But they give you a card with a Gmail account. So where's the Gmail? 
So, so some of those things that we, we use Microsoft Teams is, I mean, all these things are on cloud, but it's, it's about how we demystify these technologies and work with regulators. The, the guy sitting there, you know, in, in, uh, from the side of the regulators, just someone like me, I could be sitting on the other side. He's just looking at it from a systemic risk perspective. I'm looking at it from an innovation of solving something. So we have to find that midpoint in it. So when we talk about Supra, for example, and I speak to the regulator, I don't say Supra, I say, Today, a customer is doing one, two, three, four. What we are just doing is providing a channel to aggregate these one, two, three, four things that they are doing. That's it. And then empowering a business by saying he can do payments, he needs inventory management solution. So why don't we get somebody to put this in the channel that the consumer is actually using? So if we demystify and make it very practical on how it works, then the super app concept is just another channel uh, that the consumer, that the regulator can see and knows that we are protecting it and ensuring, you know, uh, um, if you're doing mini apps. Uh, and just as an example, because of the how far we've advanced, we've now we we now built a product for for kids between ten and eighteen. So there's an Mpesa Junior account which now protects uh, kids from. Let's say you can't go gamble to a gambling sites. You can't buy. Uh, in a liquor store, all those things have been blacklisted to be able to pro- provide an environment where a parent can send and pass it to their kids and actually it's control and they know what, what their kids are doing. So we, we have to figure out what are those challenges that, that they, it also brings in addition to the opportunities and bring the regulator together and then we work together in, in unlocking the, the, the potential that's there. You mentioned earlier um, taking inspiration and almost taking a lead from Southeast Asia, you know, from companies like Grab and China with Ant, with Ant Financial. And I'm just curious to understand and, and get your point of view where you where you sit now with Impeza, you know, the whole world is kind of looking at this, um, you know, in the UK, for example, where I'm sitting right now, there's lots of attention into it. There's lots of attention in the Middle East, uh, in Central Europe. And I suppose two parts to this question. I mean, do you, do you see taking Impeza in beyond Africa, in fact, into into the Middle East and into Europe, um, and do you think do you think the super app mentality has the chance of of taking off um, in some of these other places? Oh, so, so first, uh, uh, we're an African brand, uh, and the focus has been a lot in uh, the continent. So in seven markets, as I mentioned. So there are over 40 plus countries in Africa. So it's a huge runway for us uh, to that. We understand the continent. We uh, we have presence right from uh, beautiful Cairo to Cape Town uh, under the Vodafone Vodacom um, uh, portfolio. We cover over 550 million customers in our footprint. So we still got a long way to go in terms of uh, uh, the growth in the continent. And the challenges we are facing. I was in COP27 um, with regard to climate change, and we're seeing you know opportunities in work with big tech to unlock opportunities uh, on carbon credit exchanges and, and democratizing that uh, for, for for the continent. So we see a lot of opportunities that um, are there in the continent. That for now that's where our focus is. It doesn't mean that I don't engage with. Uh, um, uh, partners in, in 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 the Middle East, and we we, we speak as 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 second users. David, you say we we speak with everybody. Glow. I mean, we share ideas. They come to Kenya, or they go to Tanzania. We welcome that. So we're very open in how we share 
this because I think it's the best thing for humanity to uh, from from that perspective. And if the society is successful, we'll all be successful. Uh, for Europe and US, uh, I think uh, it it is going to happen. Uh, I think it's about of time. We've seen that in digital banking with partners of Revolut and Twenty Six and so on. Uh, we're seeing this in Klarna and in, in, in Stockholm. Cinch, what they're doing. So there's there's a lot that's, that's that's happening. Google Pay, Apple Pay is doing really well. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, I think a, a continuous drive towards uh, consolidation in, in towards in the super app. So uh, it'll be nice to see. The next few years will be quite interesting. And now with the advent of the acceleration of AI, will will even uh, make it more personalized. Uh, the services that are going to be provided in the, in, in the super app. And I, I guess one one final question, just on that same thread: Is there a particular thing over the course of the next, I don't know, say five years in the future that you would hope the super app can bring? I mean, is it is it AI? Is is that one of the key technologies that's going to change the game, or is it something else? I, I think AI is, 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 is you know we collect so much data, uh, how to analyze it, how to create new new opportunities, solve problems. Uh, um, quantum computing. There's so much. So if you look at, we're doing 81 million transactions a day. Uh, we're barely scratching. Uh, I'm hoping we can do 200 million transactions a day uh, and have over 300 million customers and 10 million businesses running on MPS. So all that to, for my team to analyze that quickly and can make decisions and can see opportunities. I think uh, that's that's going to be, be interesting. Uh, I, and I'm just surprised at how... Uh, smart people in Silicon Valley and places like that are creating some very interesting concepts um, uh, today. And uh, I think key to this is ensuring that the, the whole ecosystem is secure. Uh, there's a lot around cybersecurity, ML, uh, KYC, uh, things. So we can go ahead, but there's ethical issues that come up with it that we need to address. Um, and those are things that... Uh, for us to be successful, we need to also have um, keep that in mind um, and ensure we protect consumers uh, uh, who use our digital ecosystem. And it's getting tougher. The more you add more new people, the more the team has to protect that entire ecosystem. So we we work with you know great partners such as Visa and so on to help us uh, look at our security and and ensure we are operating uh, at the best level globally. Because for M-Pesa, it's it's very different uh, from it, from any company in Europe or US. So if you shut down WhatsApp, the US economy will continue operating. Uh, if M-Pesa goes down, uh, in most of our markets, over fifty percent of the GDP is flowing through it. The economy stops. So we become a systemic risk sometimes uh, to to the economies in Japan. But we know that, and we work proactively to to address those issues. So. Uh, uh, we work on five nines, uh, which is 99.999 uh, uptime, uh, which means only six minutes of planned and unplanned downtime in a year. So we are playing at the same level as Google, I mean, Visa and so on, uh, MasterCard globally in terms of our stability, security uh, in this continent. So we have had to up our game because of the, the risks uh, that, that, uh, that are there, but also um, how we we are empowering the economies in which we operate in, and, and it's it's uh, I always say it's a privilege being in this role. Uh, I think uh, one of the greatest jobs in the world, but it's humbling in terms of just uh, you, you work every day and you see the impact in people's lives every single day, and that's the joy that I get every day. I certainly think so. Listening to you, um, 
And, and I guess a final thought uh, from from you. You know, fin- fintech's taken a hammering right over the last year or so, um, and it continues to do so. Um, also, in the same vein, you know, people have been talking about super apps for for ages. Um, do you do you think that this is the year that it that it takes off? Is twenty twenty three the super app year? I, I, I don't know. I, you know, as, when I mentioned that you need anchor products and services, uh, you need so uh, we've got as it. 10, 15, I think, plus uh, anchor products in, in it. We've, we've proven successfully that for 15 years, we've, we've grown year on year. Uh, we do over $1.3 billion in revenue with averages of well over 50%. We've been profitable, but we've also um, ensured that we, we uh, purpose has not left us. It's, 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 it's core and center of what we do. So I think uh, from the FinTech standpoint, uh, we need to probably take a step back and start building Again, products and services that bring traction, uh, that, that consumers have traction to. I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, Ampes has 10 to 15 anchor products, and we need to start building that. And over the years, uh, 15 years, we've built a track record of innovating, putting products and services in both consumers and businesses. Uh, to a point now, we've got, you know, revenues of over $3 billion, with an EBITDA over 50% uh, in it. But um, I think. This could be the year for the fintech. We've been given a re- hard reset uh, by the by the VCs, so it, it, it's about to probably take a step back and um, refocusing on, on on really building products and services that actually consumers want and use uh, and scale up again. And on that note, that wraps up this edition of Fintech Insider Focus in association with Visa. Sotoyo, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a, an amazing conversation. Where can people find out more about you and Impeza? Uh, so for, for me, you can find out uh, I'm on Instagram, Sitoyo uh, Pakuet, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, so you can reach out to that, as well as Impeza Africa as a Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn profile. So follow us. Uh, you'll, you get to see what we're doing, uh, where we go. Uh, we'll be at Mobile, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona in a few weeks' time. So if you're there, say hello to us. Uh, well, but keep to, to engage and connect with the tech community. Great. Thanks, Satoya. And you can find me on LinkedIn at David BG. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to leave us a review. It helps us to make it better and helps others to find the show. For more on this discussion, look out for the next episode of Fintech Insider Focus in two weeks' time. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.